Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to the JR Sport Brief on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to the JR Sport Brief on CBS Sports Radio. It is the JR Sport Brief Show here with you on CBS Sports Radio, and we are coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. If you need to know what it takes for a home to fit your budget and your family, Rocket, Rocket can. Uh, Listen, I'm going to be hanging out here with you for the next two hours, but it is a four-hour show. I get started 10 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Pacific. I'm joined by super producer and host Dave Shepard. And thank you to everybody listening all over North America. Whether you're tuned in on your local affiliate, whether you're getting out of work, whether you're going to work, whether you're at home, thank you. You can always listen on the free Odyssey app as well. Sirius XM channel 158 and a smart speaker. However you listen, thank you for being here. It's been a busy night. It's been a busy show. We've talked about the college football playoff rankings. Georgia's still at number one. Michigan at number two. TCU moves up to number three. And USC moves up to number four. Ohio State, Alabama, they are on the outside looking in. And LSU, they might as well kiss their chances goodbye. Unless they absolutely destroy Georgia by like 100 to zero. I don't think that's necessarily going to happen. We talked about Jeff Saturday. We talked about the Harbaugh's, Jim and John, Lamar Jackson, Michigan. We talked about LeBron James and Tom Brady. We're going to talk about the World Cup. Yeah, the United States of America actually uh, moving on. What are we doing here? The United States of America is it's good at soccer? Well, I guess, or football? They beat Iran today in a match that seemed to be much more than just a sporting event. We had, we had athletes being asked about inflation, about racism in America. It's just like, are we here to talk about how good or bad America is? Or are we here to play, play football or soccer, depending on where you're from? And now the United States of America will move on. In Qatar, of all places, a uh, very wild place. It's uh, it's tough to watch sports under certain circumstances. We'll talk about that momentarily. We we have some callers here on the line. They've been waiting patiently. I'm going to get them on. 
I want to ask you about this World Cup. Like, are you interested? Do you care? Have you been paying attention? Have all of the, I don't want to say politics, because that's, that's, that's the wrong word. Just societal issues, global issues, have it or has it dampened, you know, your ability to sit down and, and watch some of the games. And I'm going to talk about the people who made some of these stadiums. We'll, we'll get there. Let's get to some of the calls. We have uh, quite a few people with varying opinions. Uh, Steve is calling from New Orleans. You're on CBS Sports Radio. What's up, Steve? Hey, good evening. How are you? I'm very well. Well, let me preface my remarks by saying that I practiced divorce law for 42 years. Uh-oh. So I have a pretty good sense of what Tom Brady is going through. And if he's going through what I've seen the last 42 years, he's got it much worse off than LeBron James. Damn. However, however, that could all change based upon the fact that Brady has shown that football is more important to him than being married because Tampa Bay, notwithstanding their less than 500 record, could still win their division, could still get in the playoffs. And once you get in the playoffs, you know, there's no telling what Brady could do. And if he gets in through a couple of rounds, you never know. I mean, just look at Eli Manning against the 17-0 and Pats years ago. You never know. So you never know. Brady, okay. could, Brady could end up okay. LeBron... On the other hand, he knows he's on a losing team. He still has his family. And I don't think his priority is winning titles at this point. I think his priority is playing long enough that he could play with his son. And if he can do that, I think he'll be happy. So right now, Brady's got it worse than LeBron, but you got to see what happens between now and the end of the season. Okay. Thank you, Steve, for calling from New Orleans. Ron from South Carolina, you're on. Thank you for taking my call. I appreciate you. Listen, I'm going to make it kind of clear. i got a couple points to make. But uh, number one, I can't understand anyone that will call your radio show and tell you what happened between Tom Brady and his wife. <laughs> Nobody knows what happened between Tom Brady and his wife. And their kids probably don't know what happened between them two. And, and the last caller said, you know, he was given an ultimatum. We don't know anything like that, and that's not facts. And you read something on the Internet, and you roll with it. I want to tell you something. I heard Tom Brady on a clip that I picked up uh, from a field mic and a camera where he was screaming, screaming at his offensive line that he left his wife and kids to come here, and you guys are killing it for him. And, he, and you could, that's all we could hear. Well, 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 we well, 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 slow down, Ron. Yeah. And I got to – you have you have quite a bit of feedback there. I don't know if you're, you're calling me up from a microwave or VCR. Look, it's, it's hilarious – or it's hilarious isn't the word. It's ironic that you call me up and, and you tell me about hearsay and we don't know, which is true. But we can go by what his wife has said. She is on record. By out of her own mouth from her own brain, saying that she wishes this man would spend more time at home. That that she is on record saying that multiple times from herself. What happens in their house, we have no idea, but we can certainly assume. Now, having said that, as we shouldn't make further assumptions outside of what she has said and what happens to be common sense, 
the instance that you just brought up is also inaccurate. You know, he wasn't necessarily caught on a field mic. That was something that was captioned online while he was yelling at his linemen. Ron, go ahead. That's also, That was inaccurate what you just said, but finish up. I just want people to judge Tom Brady on his, on his achievements, on what he is as a man. He's a great father, but stay out of his private life. He, I mean, he, everybody's into his marriages. It's all over the Internet. It's like, well, what's going on? He's a football player. Yeah, so he, judge him he, on his achievements and judge him on that and, and, and know that he's the GOAT, like you said, and respect that and leave his private life alone. Okay. Well, thank you, Ron, thank for calling from South Carolina. I hear you, Ron. He is a he is a private figure. Excuse me. He is a public figure with a public life. Unfortunately, that comes with the territory, especially when you open that up. And there's no handbook for this. There's no handbook for fame. There's no handbook that says this is how you take care of it. This is how you publicize your fan. There's no handbook for that. I'm going to play this actually in a little bit as well. Tyson Fury just sat down with, uh, I can't, I'm going to screw his name up. My apologies. Ariel Hawani. And he was asked about the biggest moment in his career when he beat Klitschko back in 1415. Tyson Fury, someone we know has dealt with many substance abuse issues, has openly discussed his battles with suicidal thoughts. Tyson Fury said that that was the worst part of his life because the past seven years have been crap living in the public eye. That Tyson Fury who's been very open about his own personal troubles, which have certainly, I assume, helped many people. He said he can't go outside without people talking to him. He can't go anywhere. He's a giant human being. His life is different. He said there's nothing that would have prepared him for that. And so as we talk about, oh, well, we don't know Tom Brady and and we don't know what's going on in his life, you're you're 100% correct we don't. But there's certain degrees that you can, quote, unquote, let people in. Tom Brady and his wife have led very open lives. If it's clean, we can play it off of his Twitter right now if you want. What, uh, Tyson Fury? Yeah, the Ariel thing you talked about. Oh, it's probably dirty. (laughs) I'm glad I asked. Oh, no, it's probably dirty. Yeah, no, it it probably needs a a bleep or two. But you, you got options. There's some professional athletes you don't you don't know everything about their personal life. You might know they're married. Some guys you don't know who they're married to. You know, Giannis Atetokounmpo. People may not know this. Maybe I'd have no business saying it. He married someone who worked on staff. I don't know his wife's name or his girlfriend's name. I don't know the kids' names. They're there. And some guys you have no idea what's going on. But I guess you reach a certain point of status and stature, and you got no choice. I wouldn't know. 855-212-4CBS. Ian is calling from Toronto. You're on the JR Sport Brief Show. Yo, yo, JR, I've been listening to you for a bit, and I'm sitting here, and I was conflicted. At first, I was going to come on and say that 
you know, Tom Brady had it worse. But now after actually listening to you speak, I actually now realize that LeBron James has it worse. Because, you know, Tom Brady, in all that he's done with all what everybody has said, this dude's good. This dude is still, his record is what, five and six? He's in a horrible division, but they're still at the top of the division. They're still playing for something meaningful. While LeBron James, who's, you know, trying to get into the conversation of arguably being the GOAT, you know, he's better than LeBron, um, better than Michael Jordan, that dude is sitting back there and he's thinking, wow, I got Westbrook, I got, you know, broken body AD on my team, and my team sucks. And right now, we're heading not to be in the playoffs, something that actually drives LeBron James crazy because that dude is so competitive that he always wants to be playing yeah. meaningful yeah. minutes. I wouldn't, I, wouldn't agree. I wouldn't agree with that because we're only really a fourth of the way through the season, and albeit unlikely that there is some magic lightning strike that changes the course of their season – the NBA is such a volatile league with player movement that I'm going to reserve judgment on that until we get to February. Okay. But then after, you can't then turn around and say that only thing that Tom Brady has worse going for him is the speculation coming from people about his private life. That so is, the truth that, of the matter, no, 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 no. If we threw out Tom Brady's private life. Correct. I can, I can. I can name every human being on his offensive line who has been hurt. I can name the current coach on his squad who is mismanaging the team. I could think about the former head coach of the squad who is still not shy about throwing Tom Brady under the bus when he makes mistakes. I could think about his wide receivers who unfortunately, who have, some of who have started the season off injured. I could think about a Rob Gronkowski who is not there as a security and a safety blanket. I can go through a whole lot that has absolutely nothing to do with his, his private life, of which I think also has to do, unfortunately, with his decision to retire. And so you can't necessarily or fully extract his personal life. But if you don't want to talk about his divorce, I just named you about five or six things which strictly only have to deal with football. And it doesn't stop there. Hold on. His private life has also moved him into a space where he missed part of training camp. And so that's that's a tough thing to say. Okay, your your, your statement is fair if I'm looking at it from the perspective that the things that you are talking about is actually meaningful to an individual like Tom Brady, because no, Tom whoa, Brady whoa, 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 no, 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 Ian, yeah? let, let, okay, let's, slow, let's slow down here. Let's yeah. not have. Uh, I let, let me be clear here, and, and excuse me if I come off as a jerk. I probably will. Let's not have a stupid philosophical going absolutely nowhere conversation. Okay, I think you would agree. And I don't, I don't need you to counterpoint just to counterpoint. Everything that I just said made absolute sense. You asked me to not talk about his divorce. And I went through four, five, six things on football that would show you that he's going through a crap situation. And that's just over the past, I don't know, four or five months. If I have to look at the whole year dating back the last season and the moment that he even retired – that's all factual. There's no debate there. Would you agree with that? No, listen, I would agree with you 100% on, on, the, on the points that you've made. But you're not recognizing the fact that even with all those things that are happening, 
they are still in a great position to play meaningful football. At oh, the end my of God. They are in a great position. What, to, to make the playoffs at 5-6 and six or 500? Here, Ian, I, I actually mentioned that, okay? I mentioned that last hour. I talked about how bad the division is. I talked about how they'll still go to the playoffs. I would not be shocked if they went and got smacked out of the first round. And for a man who has kicked ass for the majority of his career, this is someone who's also failed in his career. People don't always want to talk about his failures because he's had so much success. When you're on the back end and you're getting your ass kicked on the way out, it doesn't feel good. Agreeable agreeable point. Thank you, Ian. You have a good one. All right, cheers. You as well. Yeah. I, I, I know I sit here for four hours. I say a lot. Sometimes you can't pick and choose what I say that you want to, you know, argue with me against. It don't work that way. Ralph is calling from Miami. You're on CBS Sports Radio. Hey, Jared. How you doing? Terrible. <laughs> you always ask, well, Ralph. I'm you not- ask, and you. And so I told you I'm terrible. Every time you ask me how I'm doing, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a different answer instead of telling you great, which I always am. I want to know how you're doing, Jared. That's all. You don't care, Ralph. 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 <laughs> Ralph, do you? Come on. I listen to your show every night. You think I don't care? Jared? You're the best show host on the radio every night around this time. Somebody almost made me cry early. You're going to make me cry too, Ralph. But I feel terrible. It's so hard to get to your show, to be honest with you. That's how popular your show is. Well, thank you. But to get to your point really quick, I want to answer on both, like the soccer. I'm really a soccer fan also too, but I don't know why the soccer was around this time. I have too much sport to follow to even be paying attention to soccer. I did like the game, the win today, but it's hard for me to follow soccer, football, basketball and at the same time basically even sometimes hockey too but as far as people say i feel like tom brady i feel like lebron is having a horrible season tom brady for me is just a distraction because if nobody if nobody understands that when you're in a situation where you're stuck in your, your mind is stuck in the one area where you're just thinking about the situation with your wife only you're not going to be playing good in the football field either even though he's still playing good but he still got a distraction in his life but as far as LeBron so far, it's just like realizing you really need young players to in your team right now. Injuries mounting up left and right. You don't know when you're going to be able to keep it. You don't know who's going to be injured and how your team is going to be going. But I feel like LeBron is having a horrible season because he's always going to be a winner, and he does not have at least people to compete with him to keep, to keep that team up. So it's going to be a downhill for them. Okay, it's uh, bittersweet, and thank you, Ralph, for calling from Miami. I'm giving Ralph a hard time there. It's like, I'm great, Ralph, but Ralph, uh, hey, Shep, is Ralph going to send us something in, in the mail? Like, he cares about us so much. Is he going to send us, like, some food or something? He's a, I mean, he's a very loyal listener. Oh, he is. He do, I mean, I know. I, I think Ralph genuinely cares about you. Every, every time we, you know, Jared, to, to kind of yeah. take people behind the scenes for a little bit, sometimes we don't get to Ralph because Ralph calls in late. And by that point, you know, you're trying to get six or seven people on the last segment. It doesn't always happen. Ralph always says every single time, totally understand. Thank you so much for taking my call, and I'll, I'll call tomorrow. Oh. So do we need to send Ralph, like, a gift for the holidays? Uh, I think your show is the gift, JR. Oh, thank you. Yes. You got me out of that one. I don't have to get him crap now. <laughs> well, Ralph said it, not me. <laughs> well, you, like are the, you are the guy at night. There's no one better. Oh, thanks. I, I don't know who else. Well, I do but I don't listen to them because I'm sitting here. I don't I don't listen to them. I'm sitting here. 
You're also competing against the late-night talk show hosts. I mean, the Fallons of the world, the Kimmels, the Colberts. I mean, that's pretty good company. Man, what are you talking about? He said late-night. He didn't say late-night radio. Ain't nobody thinking about no Jimmy Kimmel. Well, I'm He's saying, but that's your competition, no? Not, no. Okay. Jimmy you guys Kimmel? aren't on at the same times against each other? On television? Well, that's, I mean, it's a, it's a form of entertainment. It's a certain medium. It's, <laughs> it's, it's a little bit in contrast, but you're still competing. People are still either tuning into that or you. And Pelt's also your competition. I guess. We got a lot of people in transit, though, right? Who's, who's, who's in the car watching Jimmy Kimmel? Nobody. Uh, what, well, one, there's, there's one guy? Streaming. One guy? I mean, I mean, there's apps. Listen, the last time I watched a late night show, David Letterman and Jay Leno was still on. Oh, that was a while ago. No, not that long. That was a years? while ago. You and I both know that. That was, that was eight years ago. Hey, eight years is not a long time ago. And I didn't even really watch those guys. Who'd you watch? Carson what, or late Arsenio? At, late at night? Yeah. Uh, the Lakers, the Dodgers on the East Coast is what I watch. Oh, you so you watch Chick, you watch Vin. I got it. Yeah, I watch. Yeah, I watch sports late at night. I'm not, I'm not watching Jay Leno. I know he was on. I saw him try to hit on Halle Berry one time, and you see Letterman with Aniston, Jennifer Aniston. We're gonna, yeah, that was disgusting. No, I don't remember that one. Good, no. better off. No. Did he? Did he give her a top ten list? Uh, he ate her hair. Whoa! I'm not kidding. No, I don't remember that one. Yeah, I was. I was bad. People forget about that, but it, you know, wow. it, you know, it wasn't that long ago. I have something to Google in the in the commercial exactly. break that's not related to sports. David Letterman eats Jennifer Aniston's hair. I'm not exaggerating. I I know you're telling the truth. Wow, it's the JR Sport Re Show here on CBS Sports Radio. I'm not eating nobody's damn hair. You don't have to worry about that. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about the World Cup. Which I don't know. It's just watching it, and I, I don't know. I need like a little bit of a shower after. I'll explain here on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to the JR Sport Brief on CBS Sports Radio. Listening to the JR Sport Brief on CBS Sports Radio. Hi, JR. Pleasure to speak to you. Uh, you know, I just recently discovered your show a few weeks ago and, and just got to tell you that you've got a very uh, easy listening style. Call in now at 855 212 4CBS. It's the JR Sport Brief show here with you on CBS Sports Radio. Wow. You talk about LeBron, you talk about. And Tom Brady and the opinions come out and, and so much of Tom Brady's life has been publicized and due to his own doing and puts his wife and kids in interviews or his ex-wife. It's just just what happens. You can't be mad. People talking about a guy's private life when they publicize it. I mean, for real. Anyway. There's a global situation going on right now. The World Cup. You might like the NFL. You might love the NBA. You might hate the NBA. You might love or hate hockey. You 
You might love baseball, going through the hot stove season right now. But the World Cup is here. It's taking place in Qatar. Small country, peninsula, sitting out there, kind of jutting up from uh, Saudi Arabia. It's about the size of Connecticut. This is a country where it gets to be 120 degrees Fahrenheit in the desert. They basically bribed their way into having and holding the World Cup here. This was a selection made about a decade ago. And so now it's finally here. And congratulations to the United States of America because the United States of America they're advancing. If you're not familiar with, familiar with the World Cup, okay, I'm not shocked or surprised. Many people are. Many people do not care. I'm going to make it interesting here for you. I hope so. When you start the World Cup off, you, you start off playing like a round robin. There are groups, and you get four teams to a group, and they play each other. And then the, the top two teams from that group then move on to the knockout rounds. And so the United States of America who didn't even qualify for the last World Cup in Russia. That would have been interesting now, wouldn't it? The United States of America, they won. And who did they beat? Iran. Yes, the same Iran, if you keep up with news right now, that is uh, potentially going through an uprising where the people are lashing out over or at the government because of a young woman who was basically killed because of the government silencing this woman and so the citizens of iran are pretty much sick and tired of it the iranian soccer players football players they're probably tired of it as well in their opening match for the world cup they decided not to fully participate in their national anthem well iran told them about it iran told them about it so much that it's been reported that Iran has told the players that are no longer now in the World Cup here that if you guys don't participate fully in the national anthem, that we will, uh, we're going to take care of. Maybe hurt. Yeah, I, I'll let you use your imagination. They want to do some damage to some of their family members. The Iranians fully participated today in the national anthem as well as their last match. And so the United States of America, after having to answer questions from the Iranian press, which were just more so about politics than football, the United States of America, they won. They actually advanced. They're going to move on to take on the Netherlands on Saturday morning. The United States of America has made the round of 16. And this is what the final call sounded like on Fox. Rezaan back inside. U.S. players are gassed. Iranians are up. It comes into the box again. An Iranian player looking for a penalty. And the game is over. Yeah, the United States of America is moving on. So if you want to get into football or soccer, if you happen to be up on Saturday morning, 10 a.m. Eastern, or 7, obviously, from my friends on the West Coast, Turn it on. Tune in. This is a match where you just, you might be sucked in. Maybe not. Some people need more action. I certainly love to watch because of the strategy that's involved and in, in, in paying attention to the formations. It's, it's not for everybody. 
But this is where things get sticky. The World Cup is taking place in Qatar. If you go back 30 to 40 years, maybe a little bit longer than that, this was a country that was known for, like, pearl farming. Yeah, pearl farming. And then they realized that they had natural gas and oil, and boom, they got more money than anybody. And so here you are in the middle of the desert, 120 degrees. This is the size of Connecticut. They built eight stadiums. We're talking about a billion dollars a stadium minimum. They don't have enough people in the country to even build these stadiums. So who built these stadiums? Migrant workers. People who came from other parts of the the world out in Asia, Nepal and, and India and Bangladesh. And Qatar has been just rife with issues of individuals coming over, building these stadiums and unfortunately dying in the process. People getting paid next to nothing to build stadiums in 120 degree heat so the world can watch people play football. So FIFA can make money. So broadcasters can make money. So advertisers can make money. So we can sit down and watch and enjoy it. It feels a little dirty. I love sports. Damn it, I love a lot of things. And there's always a, a hidden something behind everything. Somebody's always getting the short end of the stick. And you always have to pay attention to what you consume, how deep you are, and you got to make choices and decisions. Look, I love the NFL. I love football. There are a lot of decisions that I don't like. I still watch. I think it's up to each one of us individually as to what we want to do and to what degree we want to support. I can certainly sit down and watch the World Cup. I've never been to one. I've been to Final Fours. I've been to Olympic Games. There's no way in hell I'd be in Qatar for the World Cup because there's no, there's no way that I could step foot into a stadium in such a, a situation. There are people who feel that way here in the United States of America. It's a wild situation. It's the JR Sport Reshow here on CBS Sports Radio. We're going to take a break. And on the other side, I want you to actually hear some of the situations that, that are, are going on in Qatar. I want you to hear Tyler Adams, who's a captain for the United States men's team. He was asked a question about issues in America before the game against Iran. Like, what does it have to do with anything? I want you to hear from one of the leaders in Qatar talking about how many people passed away. Like, where's the line between enjoying sports but then looking at the humanity behind it and just kind of turning a, a, a blind eye. I want to ask Marco here. Hey, Marco, are, are you into the World Cup and are, are the stories surrounding it? Does it matter? How, how you feel about this stuff, man? Uh, less than I have been in the past. I'm actually, I can't sit here and tell you that I'm a big soccer guy, like, you know, watching any of the Premier Leagues or anything like that. No, but... I grew up around soccer because my parents are born and raised in Italy. My father breathes soccer. So I've been watching it since I was, you know, in the crib. So I do like the game. I do enjoy watching the World Cup. I love the Euro Cup as well. This one is a little difficult by schedule and also because, as you kind of put it, it feels a little dirty. So as much as I'm trying to enjoy it, I'm having a harder time than usual just because this whole situation for over a decade has been 
a little difficult to stomach with how much you knew FIFA was dirty. This took it to a level that's out of control for me. And it's hard for me to just put that aside and enjoy the game itself. I, I hear that. Yeah. Qatar bribed its way into having the World Cup. Uh, several of FIFA's leaders have been either indicted on crimes in the process here. Uh, they're, they're shipping over migrants. Unfortunately, this is an issue that happens all over the world to build these stadiums. Hundreds, hundreds, I don't even know, thousands. They don't even know the number. Uh, th- people have died building these stadiums for billionaires and millionaires to play in. And nobody gives a damn. Ugh, it's... These are the times where I think it's an individual choice as to whether you want to support. We're going to talk about this on the other side. I want to share with you some of the audio that, that might make you want to take a shower. Uh, it's the JR Sport Brief Show on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to the JR Sport Brief on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to the JR Sport Brief on CBS Sports Radio. Hey, JR, thanks for taking my call. You have a great show. I listen to you on my midnight shift every night. Call in now at 855 212 4 CBS. It's the JR Sport Brief show here on CBS Sports Radio. We're talking about the World Cup. Congratulations to the United States of America, the men's national team. They, they beat Iran, the one to nothing. They're going to move on to take on the Netherlands uh, this Saturday morning. They're now at the stage of the World Cup where if you lose, you are gone. And so let's see if the United States of America can continue to to push on. They're at the round of 16, and let's see if they can go from 16 on to 8. They weren't even in the last World Cup. And so we've had some great matches. It's been a cool thing uh, to wake up in the morning and just have football or soccer on just to start the day. It's uh, it's pretty cool. So I'm certainly enjoying it. But then there's so many issues surrounding the World Cup from the host uh, country, Qatar, how they got the World Cup, how the stadiums were built. Uh, Iran, the, the country, forget the football team They're They're dealing with many issues uh, back home of, of uprising that even the soccer team had to address. And the, the Iranian press was trying to badger the United States of America in the process. It's been very, very interesting. Are you into the World Cup right now? Do you care? Has it turned you off? The football has been cool, but a lot of the, the real world issues surrounding it have just been it's been tough to, to swallow. Eight five five two one two four CBS. Justin is here from Georgia. You're on CBS Sports Radio. Hey, JR man, I I close where I work at once twice a week and I look forward to hearing your station man and and listening to you talk man I really appreciate what you do thank you um I called we spoke uh, probably half a dozen times and I called you probably four or five months ago and I told you that I was boycotting this whole world cup because I watched a documentary about two years ago and you probably can't find it because somebody's paid enough money to erase it from the interweb but I have read where at least over 6,500 migrant workers have died from building these stadiums. And I, I tell you this because I want you to understand 
I had a brother that was in the military, is in the military, was in Qatar for two years, very recently, within the past four years. And we were at Thanksgiving just the other day, and somebody was asking me, you've been watching the World Cup? And I'm like, nope, I don't care. I'm boycotting it. I was saying all the same thing, and my, my brother looks at me, and he goes, yeah, 6,500 people have died building these stadiums. It is a joke. It is ungodly. It is inhumane. It is so dirty. I, I, it, it makes my skin crawl. I can't stand it. I have not invested 30 seconds in this thing, and I do not care to. I, I hear you, and I, I certainly understand. Thank you, Justin. Appreciate you, man. Thank you, sir. Have a good night. You as well. And you know this, the number has been debated. A matter of fact, Piers Morgan, he sat down with the World Cup boss, Hassan Al-Thawadi, and he actually admitted Al-Thawadi did uh, the number, although the numbers have been debated. Take a listen to this. Do you know how many people have died in Qatar since you won the bid in the last 12 years from any construction related to anything to do with the World Cup? In other words, new hotels, new bridges, whatever, whatever, whatever. In other words... What is the honest, realistic total, do you think, of migrant workers who've died from, as a result of what they're doing for the World Cup in totality? The estimate is around 400. Between, 400. Four, between 400 and 500. I don't, I don't have the exact number. That's, that's something that's being discussed. I mean, there will be people, Hassan, you say that's a lot of people. That's, One that's, death is too many. That's that's but they would say 400 is a, a price too big to pay. What do you say to that? What I will say is... One death is a death too many, plain and simple. Um, and I think every year uh, the health and safety standards on the sites are improving, at least on our sites, the World Cup sites, the ones that we're responsible for, most definitely to the extent that you've got trade unions, representatives of the German trade union, representatives of the Swiss trade but union. But you have, uh, just, to, just to make yeah. this point, have commended the work that's been done on, on, the, si- on the World Cup sites right, and the improvements. Right, but do you, do you accept then, because of the improvements that have been made, that at the start they weren't good enough? The standards. I think overall, the, the need for labor reform in itself dictates that, yes, improvements had to happen. Okay. Now, listen. They admit to 400 to 500 deaths in putting this uh, World Cup together, building these stadiums and hotels. They built an entire city from scratch just to have an infrastructure for a stadium. So they can admit to 400 to 500 deaths from workers. The Guardian. I'm sure you've heard of The Guardian. Reputable from over in the United Kingdom. The Guardian via government records from some of these countries. Nepal, Sri Lanka, Bangladesh, India. They claim that these numbers are higher. Not 400 to 500 but 6,500. Yes, multiples. And we don't know where it falls. As they say, one death is one too many. But HBO has done an amazing job in documenting this for years now. David Scott, a few years ago, sat down with Khalid al-Sulatin, and he actually went to one of the camps where these workers are being housed. And they were living in terrible conditions. And then when he asked the gentleman in charge of it, like, do you know how they're living? He's just like, you should go check it out. And David Scott said, I did. Listen to this from HBO. They did an amazing job. This is David Scott visiting one of the workers' camps 
And then he asked one of the people in charge about it, and the interview was pretty much stopped short. Listen. Inside, the men were packed wall to wall, eight to a room. The heat was stifling, the kitchen filthy, the beds, they told us, infested with bed bugs. 22-year-old Coombe lives here among 150 other men. They share two bathrooms. This is one, one of two. Aspire's chief, Khalid al-Sulatin, told us that the reports of poor working and living conditions were exaggerated. If the conditions of foreign workers are not as bad as some of the reports imply, what is the truth of the conditions? You go yourself and investigate it. You will see them living in a very, you know, comfortable, healthy environment. Comfortable and healthy? Of course. Let they are say living this, in Mr. a very healthy environment, alhamdulillah. Mr. Al-Suladin, with all due respect, we, we have gone to the camps. You went yourself? Yes, this week in Doha, where you have hundreds of thousands of men living in labor camps. Some of them packed into small rooms, eight men to a room, like the one we saw. Ten men sharing a toilet, no showers. Why is it necessary to keep these men in camps at all? The man stopped the interview. He said, no, interview over. That was it? He, the, the question that got me, you've gone yourself? Like, you've gone? You did? You saw what happened? Oh, my God, you saw it? He basically, before he ended the interview, he then pretty much said, oh, well, do you guys not have issues in America? I guess that's always the go-to. You know, big, bad United States of America is picking on other countries, and America has issues, and America has problems. Why are you asking me? It's like the deflection. And it happens all over the world. It happens here in the United States of America. Look, ain't no place perfect. The United States of America has many issues just like the rest of the world. The two wrongs don't make a right. And I mean, there's a lot of places that, that if you want to look at things on a scale, there's some things that are just horrific taking place all over the world. I mean, even one of the United States of America, before the game today against Iran, an Iranian journalist, basically, he, badgered isn't the word. If you thought NFL and NBA players have to answer just ridiculous questions from journalists. Imagine talking to a journalist basically working for the government trying to kick your ass on a podium. I'm going to share with you something that one of the American players had to answer today. And I'm going to get to more of your calls because the World Cup, the football and soccer is great to watch, but the circumstances are bananas. I'm going to take more of your calls on the other side. It's the JR Sport Brief Show, CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.